Hi there. Our first story of the week is about the history of Stonewall riots. Now, although queer liberation didn't start with Stonewall, we still wanted to share the history of Stonewall this week and how it proceeded into the country's first Pride Parade. The Stonewall riots, also called the Stonewall Uprising, began in the early hours of June 28, 1969, when New York City police raided the Stonewall Inn, a gay club located in Greenwich Village in New York City. The raid sparked a riot among bar patrons and neighborhood residents as police roughly hauled employees and patrons out of the bar, leading to six days of protests and violent clashes with law enforcement outside the bar on Christopher Street, in neighboring streets and in nearby Christopher Park. Constant police raids at LGBT bars is what preceded this raid. At the time, gay bars were being run by the mafia. The mafia needed a place where they could do their business without a liquor license. And let's just say it was a symbiotic but parasitic relationship between the queer community and the mafia. Although the mafia offered a space for queer patrons to gather, they would also blackmail their most wealthy patrons to keep their identity a secret. The police would typically tip off these mafia-run establishments so that they could put their booze away and patrons could leave. But on the night of the riot, the police didn't give any warning. The combination of their harassment and brutal behavior was the final straw as the first brutal straw. Though the Stonewall Uprising didn't start the gay rights movement, it was a galvanizing force for LGBT political activism, leading to numerous gay rights organizations, including the Gay Liberation Front, Human Rights Campaign, GLAAD, formerly Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, and PFLAG, formerly Parents, Families, and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. On the one-year anniversary of the riots on June 28, 1970, thousands of people marched in the streets of Manhattan from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park in what was then called Christopher Street Liberation Day, America's first gay pride parade. The parade official chant was, say it out loud, gay is proud. Yes, we are, and thank you all for joining us. This is the Queerly News. Welcome to the Queerly News. I'm Lena. And I'm Nick. On Monday, the Raiders acted in a thousand. Prince of Lyman, Carl Massey, came out as gay on Instagram, making history as the first openly gay active player for the NFL. In a statement, he says, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. I actually hope that, like, one day, videos like this and the coming out process are just not necessary. But until then, I'm going to do my best in my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. While coming out, Nassib also made a $100,000 donation to the Trevor Project. And that, Paul Underwood, is how you pronounce. Exactly. Also on Monday, fire hair track star Shikari Richardson qualified for Team USA at the Tokyo Olympics. Not only is she fierce and dripping in goddess, but that bright orange hair was suggested by the future Olympians girlfriend. Yes, Shikari Richardson is queer and married. And for some more pride-worthy and happy news in sports, Japanese soccer player Kumi Yokoyama came out as trans on Wednesday. Yokoyama plays as a forward for the Washington Spirit and came out in a video on their former teammate Yuki Nagasato's YouTube channel. 
In the interview, Yokoyama opens up about their gender identity and how they were able to explore it while living in the U.S. instead of Japan. President Joe Biden also tweeted his support to both Kumi Yokoyama and Carl Nassib and wrote, I'm so proud of your courage. Because of you, countless kids around the world are seeing themselves in, the, in a new light today. We agree and are so happy for Kumi Yokoyama for using her voice to grow awareness and support for the LGBTQ community in Japan. But you know, in other queer soccer news, we look at the US women's soccer team forward, Megan Rapino. Rapino is one of the crucial players to the US team and was also added to the roster for the upcoming Olympics in Tokyo. And while I'm a huge soccer fan and I have been a fan of the team and Rapino, there has been some recent news calling for the cancellation of the player for an unearthed tweet she made in 2011. Rapino had tweeted this statement to Tasha Kai 00, who is fellow professional player Natasha Kai, who does not go by this username anymore. And Rapino wrote that she looked Asian with her closed eyes. It upsets me that she made this statement and further used this harmful stereotype. And look, I understand that it is a decade old tweet, but Rapino does need to be held accountable for those statements and she should release a statement about what she tweeted. Because when we have someone who does have a large following and media attention, we shouldn't let these statements slide in silence. People are also calling out to her sponsors trying to have her dropped from Victoria's Secret's VS Collective deal, a recent deal by the company that is rebranding what sexy looks like by having the Victoria Angels be women who are famous for their achievements and not their proportions. And despite this, there are those supporters who are saying that Rapino's unearthed tweet is being pushed by conservative media now that Rapino is using her platform against discrimination as a way to jeopardize her reputation. And... There's no canceling on my part, but there is me holding Rapino responsible and accountable and waiting for her to make a statement. The longer she stays quiet about all of this, the longer it makes her activism for social justice another form of white feminism that doesn't understand nor care about women of color. And wrapping up our Friday week of sports news, it turns out we have another year of the heading to the Olympics. On Monday, New Zealand weightlifter Laura Hubbard qualified for the Tokyo Olympics, making her the first openly trans athlete to make it. This has been a major week in her sports news, and I, for one, am so proud of our community and the amazing things we are accomplishing. Laura Hubbard is a trailblazer, along with Carlos C., Kenya Puma, and Shikari Richardson. Congratulations. Truly, congratulations. Our main story today is about the true start to queer liberation that preceded Stonewall. We respect the riot for what it created, but we can't let history ever forget the many other people who paved the way for us today. History cannot be cis-washed nor whitewashed. From the founders of the Madison Society, which was an early national gay rights organization in the United States, to the founders of the Daughters of the Lagos, which was the first lesbian civil and political rights organization in the United States, Queer liberation had been going on long before Stonewall. But there is one important riot that queer and trans historian Susan Stryker brought to prominence, the Compton's Cafeteria Riot. The uprising in 1966 came after the drag queens, transgender women, and to a lesser degree, LGBT community of the Timberloin District have been targeted and abused for years by the San Francisco Police Department. 
often arrested for violating the city's anti-cross-dressing ordinance, as well as the sex work they were often forced to do. The quote-unquote screaming queens erupted one night after one of their own was being hauled away from the cafeteria. And after she emptied her steaming cup in the police officer's face, all hell broke loose. Chairs, dishes, and sugar shakers went airborne, and the restaurant's dirty windows were smashed. Outside, queers broke the windows of a squad car and lit a newsstand on fire. Immediately following the chaos, restaurant owners banned trans women and drag queens. The community picketed against the decision the following night, and Jane Compton's replacement windows were soon reduced to shards on the sidewalk. The damage had been done, both to the cafeteria and to a bigoted society and police force, letting them know they would no longer be subjected to inhumane abuse. But for so long, their history wasn't told because of the gatekeeping and internalized homophobia of the cis, white, LGB community towards drag queens, trans women, and queer, Black, Indigenous, as well as other people of color. But we can't let this story be forgotten, and so we won't. We celebrate those screaming queens for showing society that we are proud of who we are and will never take abuse from a fascist ideology. And we will continue to protect anyone in our community and any other marginalized person oppressed by the dominant forces of our society. All right, that's our show. This ends our Pride coverage for the month. We will be off next week, but stay tuned for future episodes of the Queerly News. This has been Nick and Lena. Stay safe and stay queer.